Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. Good morning, friends. I hope you are having a wonderful start to your weekend. It is Saturday when I am recording this. The topic of today is going to be about stress. And I am choosing to talk about this lovely topic because I am currently very stressed. It's been a whirlwind of a chunk of life lately which happens to all of us, right? Like sometimes life is going super smoothly, sometimes not so much. And I am in a stage of not so much um, going well, which actually I feel like a little bit weird saying that because some of my life is like amazing and going super well. And then other parts are just like beyond overwhelming. So we're trying to find some sort of semblance of balance. And part of the stress is that my nugget is not okay. My dog Samson is um, struggling with something. Not um, 100% sure what is going on with him, but he is at the vet currently. He spent more time at the vet in the last like week and a half than he has in a really long time. He's not a super healthy dog just in general, but um, some like scary stuff is happening that they, the vet can't really figure out why it's happening. So that's um, fun. Um, not fun at all, actually. But what I think is worth talking about is that there's going to be some times where your stress level is elevated and what to do with training when you are in one of those times, one of those lovely times where you're just like, freaky frack, I don't know if I can handle anything else happening in my life currently. So let's talk about stress and what it actually is. So there are two different types of stress there's eustress, which is like a positive stress response. So it's happening when there's like something enjoyable going on. Um, having a baby is something that's like a, a eustress situation for a lot of people if you're you were planning on having a baby or buying a house or like an athletic event, achieving something, training for a competition, competing, things like that, where it's like, it's a challenging and attainable task that you're trying to achieve. And it usually generates some sort of sense of fulfillment or achievement, some sort of growth is happening with it. And while it's stressful, it's like, this is stressful, but like in a good way. And then what we typically call stress is distress, which is a negative stress response. So it's usually from like something negative happening, right? So it can be like being overwhelmed, having um, some sort of loss in your life, feeling like you're being threatened in um, some way. And this type of stress usually has like physical and psychological maladaption so instead of like adapting your body for the better it's like adapting your body for the worse and this type of stress can pose some serious health risks and finding that like 
balance, I guess, between the two or like recognizing what kind of stress you're um, having can be incredibly beneficial. So what is the point of like managing your stress, right? Like I feel like that's a topic that gets thrown out a lot. Like, hey, stress management is like important for life and for performance and all of this like lovely jazz of things. But no one really talks about like what are the long-term implications of not managing, especially negative stress for long periods of time. This type of stress, especially like elevated levels of it, can lead to a variety of different types of health conditions, anywhere from like anxiety, high blood pressure, increased breathing rate, depression, high blood sugar, headache, um, obesity, increased heart rate, super tense muscles, your immune system won't function as well, sexual dysfunction is pretty common when you're super stressed, and then your hormone levels can become out of whack. So all things that like don't sound like a good time, right? And in order for us to have a better understanding of stress, I think we need to have a like kind of a step back and talk about our nervous system. So our nervous system is like what makes us be alive. It's our brain and our spinal cord and then all of the little nerves or big nerves, depending upon which nerve we're talking about, that come off of your spinal cord and allow us to be able to like feel sensations, move our muscles, have reflexes, all of that good jazz. So your nervous system is divided into two different systems, your central nervous system, which is your brain and spinal cord, and then your peripheral nervous system, which is your peripheral nerves so the nerves that come off of your spinal spinal cord so you have your like the central and then the periphery right the periphery the peripheral nervous system is divided into a few different sections subsections and so like almost kind of looks like a tree so you have your sensory division and then your motor division and those are exactly what they sound like your sensory division allows you to like feel sensations and then your motor division allows you to like move things. The motor division is divided into your autonomic nervous system, which is um, things that are like involuntary or automatic in your body. So your heart rate, your digestion, things that you like don't actively have to think about to keep your body alive. Like they just occur kind of in the background and you don't really think about them unless there's an issue with them. And then your somatic nervous system, which controls like voluntary movement. It's like being able to like say, hey, I want to grab my water bottle that's sitting on my desk. Or I want to be able to lift my arm overhead. Like those are things that you can say like, oh, I want to do this right now. Or no, I don't want to do this right now. The autonomic nervous system is then divided into two different divisions. Your sympathetic nervous system, and then your parasympathetic nervous system. Your parasympathetic nervous system is your like rest and digest response. So it's like the conserving energy, the like calming, we're just chilling part of our nervous system. And then the sympathetic division is our like fight or flight response. And this is the one that says like we're in danger and we need to get the F out of here, right? So the 
flow of how this works is a lot of different signals coming from different parts of your brains that like activate your if we're talking about stress your sympathetic nervous system to either like fight flight or freeze um epinephrine is released to increase your heart rate and blood pressure it like really just gets your body ready to react to something like right now if you need to and if the threat goes away there are like the opposite will happen i guess so, like there's steps to build you up to run away from the scary thing that's coming to get you and then once you're safe your body's like okay i'm safe and then it'll like bring yourself back down when we're having incredibly high stress time we don't necessarily go completely back into that like chill parasympathetic parasympathetic state we have a tendency to keep our sympathetic nervous system either like fully on or just like slightly on which doesn't allow our body to really recover from the things that are occurring so we need to find a way to allow that to happen the one um, I believe it's a hormone, um, cortisol. I'm blanking on whether it's a hormone or a neurotransmitter, so forgive me for that right now. But it, cortisol plays an important role in our like stress response. Cortisol is released from our um, adrenal glands, which are on top of our kidneys, and it usually has like a normal pattern of being able to release. So it helps wake us up keep us awake and then we'll like dip and like raise as like the day goes on. So there's usually a spike in the morning and then it'll like decrease throughout the day and then it'll like start to spike again right before we're supposed to wake up. So it um, helps like increase our heart rate, increases our blood sugar, blood pressure, um, increases fear and anxiety which are all things that are like good for a, a period, right? Like they're not good to have all the time, but they're good that our body ha- has the ability to do this. Um, when we're having higher levels of cortisol, our memory and like cognition functions decrease. Um, our body's not prioritizing building um, bones or muscles anymore. And our immune system ends up being decreased. And then the one that I think is super interesting, especially with um, the uh, like rates of obesity in our country, is that having high level of cortisol decreases our ability to feel full. So if you're like, oh, I'm a stress eater, this it, cortisol is like part of that reason that you're like, I can eat more than I normally would if I wasn't super stressed because our body's ability to feel full doesn't happen and that's because it's in that like I need fuel because something like scary is happening we need to be ready to go so regulating your cortisol levels can improve your health and how do we do that and that's where the lovely like catchphrase of stress management comes into play so what's going to work for one person isn't necessarily going to work for another person so We need to keep that in mind, like stress affects each one of us um, very differently. What is incredibly stressful to me might be like nothing to somebody else and like vice versa, right? So give yourself some grace if you have friends or colleagues or whoever in your life going through the same things and it seems like 
they're fine and you're really struggling, like your body and your nervous system is different than their body and their nervous system. So don't like compare yourself to um, other people, which is obviously easier said than done, but just gonna like throw that out there that that's something that we need to be aware of. Um, the thing that I think is, I find the most value in is just taking a moment to monitor how you're responding to like stressful situations. Um, and this can be hard when you're in the middle of something super stressful to be like, am I responding to this in like a healthy, constructive way? Potentially not. But if you're out of that stressful situation, that might be a time to do some reflecting to say like, hey, this, whatever happened, did I handle it? Um, how I would want to handle it in the future, right? Like you can't obviously go back in time and fix things, but like if this situation were to occur again, would I want to repeat that same behavior or would I want to work on developing some like kind of adaptive skills, some coping mechanisms so that the next time it potentially occurs that we don't respond to that situation the same way. And for my own self, I notice that when I'm super stressed, I have a tendency to want to like do nothing like I don't want to move I don't want to like do anything I just want to like zone out on my phone and like just pretend like the whatever is happening in my life that's super stressful like isn't happening and I think that there's probably some benefit to that to a point um like being able to like disconnect or dissociate from what you have going on can in my opinion, and I'm not a licensed medical or mental health professional. Um, So like do what your therapist tells you to do. But I find value in disconnecting for a little while where it can be a little bit challenging for me is to know when it's like we're past the like you're benefiting from this disconnection to you're just like avoiding dealing with the situation. And avoiding dealing, like, dealing with, like, the unpleasant feelings that I'm having instead of, like, I don't know, taking the time to address them. I'm just, like, shoving them out and watching 80,000 reels on Instagram. So um, what – that's one part of it. Another part oh, – so the, to summarize, sorry, we are monitoring how we're responding to our situation and then changing how we interpret that situation can decrease your stress. And thinking about changing how you interpret the situation is working on your mindset. And there's probably more than two mindsets, but the two that are like pretty common to get thrown around is a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And you can have probably a blend of both, but moving more towards a growth mindset, which to me is more like a flexible mindset, I guess, um, can be like incredibly beneficial. So I found a lovely infographic on the Google and the fixed mindset has things like failure is the the limit of my abilities, so I'm never going to be able to achieve more than this or I'm either good at something or I'm bad at it. Um, I have no way to to change how like what I know. I don't like to be challenged. My potential is predetermined. I give up when I'm frustrated feedback and criticism are personal or I stick to what I know and then growth mindset on the opposite is like failure is an opportunity to grow I can learn to do whatever I want 
challenges help me grow as a person. My effort and attitude determine my abilities. Having feedback is constructive. Um, I'm inspired by the success of others. I like to try new things. And so just like hearing those two, right? Like one sounds like a grumpus person and one sounds like a person that you probably would want to be around. So working on your mindset around a situation can be beneficial. That being said, some situations just suck. And you can try to find the positive in situations, but we don't, I don't think we should shift into the like toxic positivity where it's like you're undergoing something like super shitty and you're just like, this is great. This like is amazing and like blah, whatever. No, I think it's fair to acknowledge that like sometimes situations are just really hard and that they really suck and that they may suck for a while, but you're not hopefully always going to be in that situation and that there are things that you can do to change the situation that you are in. Once again, there are, I think, limits to that. So um, like take what you want from that, I guess. The other part of working on stress management is working on whether you feel like you have control over things or not. So there's it's called a locus of control. So if you have an internal locus of control, you believe that your behavior is guided by your own personal decisions and efforts. And then an individual with an external locus of control believes that their behavior is guided by fate, luck, other people, or other external circumstances. And once again, while I like um, sharing things about these, like there are going to be things that happen that are outside of your control. Um, Car accidents potentially are one of the things um, that like immediately comes to mind. Like you can't control if someone rear ends you, right? Like it wasn't like you're like, hey, come hit me, please. Um, And then you are responsible for dealing with the aftermath of that. And that can be really hard to come to terms with. But at the end of the day, like you, you are responsible for how you react to that situation and moving forward from it. And I use that example, honestly, because I have lost track of the amount of times that I've been rear-ended. I think we're up to, honestly, I think we're up to like seven times that I've been rear-ended in my life, which is absurd and absolutely bonkers. And the first um, couple times I was like pretty injured from the the accidents. And so I had a lot of pain and I had to go to a lot of doctor's appointments and like just a bunch of, honestly, a bunch of shit that I just like didn't think I should have to do because I did not like sign up for this, right? Like it wasn't like I wrecked my car where it was like my fault. Like this is something that happened to me. And it took me a really long time to realize that like I only have one body and I only have one mind. And at the end of the day, me taking care of my body and my mind is like 100% my responsibility in whatever capacity that looks like, right? So um, for a while, I chose to like not get the care that I needed because I didn't find the value in it. And then um, later in life realized that like I need to address all of the issues that um, resulted from these car accidents if I wanted to live the life that I wanted to live 
in the future. So that becomes my responsibility to deal with. So starting with the brain, we need to work on having like a growth mindset and realizing that um, we have control over how we choose to react to situations. And at the end of the day, our behavior and um, actions are like 100% on us to um, to deal with and to work through. Other less like floaty things, I guess. I don't know what the right word is, but like working on mindset and like locus of control is like kind of this like abstracty thing that you'll probably have to work on. I'm gonna have to work on at least for um, probably for the rest of my life. But other things like in the short term, when you're like, okay, Emily, but like I'm stressed right now, what do I do? Is to work on physical stress management and breathing is one of my favorite things for this. Um, I've actually been reading the book Breathe by, I, okay, I can't remember the author's name. It's a bright yellow book. Um, James Nestor is the author's name and it is a fascinating book. So if you are someone that's like wanting to learn about how breath can influence a lot of, a lot of aspects of our health, um, definitely recommend reading that book. I'm not through with it yet but um so far it's been really like a fascinating book and super intriguing but um our lungs are kind of a in breathing in general are kind of like a, a little bit of a bridge between the autonomic nervous system which is the thing that happens like automatically right and our um like sympathetic nervous system like there's a little or the somatic nervous system sorry so like you you breathe without thinking about it but then you can also control your breath. So it's a little bit of both, right? And then parts of our lungs have more to do with our like parasympathetic nervous system. And then other parts are directly connected to our sympathetic nervous system. So we get like both the rest and digest part of it. And then also the like fight or flight or freeze part of the nervous system. So mastering our breath is uh, pretty important which I feel like I need to have a little squirrel moment um, because a lot of a lot of us don't know how to breathe. And I mean that in obviously you are alive if you're listening to this, hopefully. And so you're 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 doing the breathing. You are taking in air and expelling air. Your tissues are getting oxygen and carbon dioxide is going out into the world, making our plants happy. Where a lot of us go like quote unquote wrong with breathing is that um, we like to suck in our stomach, right? So having a flat stomach is something that our society puts a lot of weight on. And even if you don't have a flat stomach, there's pressure to like make yourself as compact as possible. Um, Meaning most of the people that I talk to like walk around like holding their abs in for the majority of the day. And so we work with like letting our abs relax, um, which allows us to breathe with our diaphragm, which is the muscle that is designed for breathing. And then other things besides just using your diaphragm is using um, our nose to breathe more than our mouth. Um, Nobody likes a mouth breather. And I understand, like, obviously there's people that have, like, nasal issues where if you're like, if I'm going to breathe, I have to breathe out of my mouth. But using our nose to breathe is how our body is designed. Um, our mouth is meant for chewing things. 
and um, like breathing when we're running, right? Um, so using your diaphragm to breathe, using your nose to um, inhale and like exhaling out of your mouth can um, like help improve the quality of our breathing. So practicing that can be really beneficial just for like overall health and then also for dealing with stress. Other things that like physical things that can be really helpful is um, progressive relaxation exercises. So if you have an area of your body that you feel like you hold a lot of tension in when you're stressed, you can contract that muscle um, or that like area of your body for like five to seven seconds and then relax it. And you can do that a few times and usually you can get some sort of release. And a lot of times I like to have people do this for like a whole area of their body so if they're like um like an upper trap like shoulders to your ears kind of stress person we'll do like both arms um and then face and like neck and shoulders as well to try and get some things to calm down and then that's something that you can do whenever right like you can tense your muscles for five to seven seconds and then relax them wherever you are maybe not if you're like in front of people but for the most part and then Looking towards mental stress management beyond like mindset and internal locus locus of control is realizing like how impactful your thoughts really are. So your brain can sometimes be your BFF. Sometimes it can be your worst enemy. So training your mind to respond in a positive, constructive way when you're stressed can be really um, life-changing, honestly, could be because thoughts become feelings that become behavior. So if you think that you're not going to be able to do something and then you believe, you start to like feel that and then like believe it, you're going to change your behaviors from that, right? So going through some stressful things, um, thinking like, are you or I guess asking yourself, are you thinking in a way that will give you the best chance for success can kind of like clue you in on whether or not you need to work on the the thoughts that are coming across your brain, right, in your mind. And so once you're aware of what you're saying to yourself and being aware of whether it's constructive or not, and that's going to be incredibly personal, right? So what I might consider a constructive thought, you might not. So obviously like roll with what works for you and your situation and your life goals. But if it's not leading you to behaviors that you would want to do for a long period of time, thought stoppage is something that I found incredibly beneficial. So when you think of an unwanted thought, use some sort of trigger to interrupt or interrupt or thought stop the thought. Um, it can be physical, such as like clapping your hands, um, snapping your fingers, or literally just saying like, stop, like stop brain. We're not going down this rabbit hole. I need to think of better things than what we're doing. And as someone that struggles with um, depression and anxiety, just like on a regular basis, um, which just gets amplified when like life is super stressful, this can be incredibly beneficial because you can definitely go down some mental rabbit holes that are not good if you allow yourself to. So finding a way to work to like interrupt that thought process can be really beneficial. 
And then changing your negative thoughts to positive thoughts um, while challenging can be really hard too. So um, what I'm doing, if we're going back to my lovely nugget being um, sick right now, like nobody really knows what's going on with him, um, can go down the rabbit hole of like, the worst case scenario of what could happen or I could go with like we have a really good vet he's like with good people we're in a situation where we can afford to give him the best care possible and thinking thoughts like that are better than going down the rabbit hole of all the negative things that could happen right um so working on that is really great and then other things like obviously seeing a mental health professional can be really good for your mental health and stress management and they have um, a lot of coping mechanisms and tools and things that are probably going to be more constructive than my own thoughts on um, stress but finding someone that like you jive with that you like the way that they approach mental health could be really beneficial other things that you can do on your own is to have like an affirmation list um a self-esteem list, a success list. These are all things that are kind of like situation dependent, right? So if you are like struggling with your self-esteem, listing your positive attributes can be um, really healthy and helpful. Like I'm caring, I'm reliable, I'm kind, I'm a nice person, things like that. Or if you're struggling like with your career or like with imposter syndrome, listing out like you know, positive reviews, things that you've been able to accomplish. Um, and they can be literally as small as like, I was on time to work all week. I cleaned the house this weekend. I ate three meals today, whatever, whatever like works for your situation. And where this all ties into the like movement world, which I think is super important, is that people who have more life stress don't recover as quickly from physical training loads. So if you are someone that is having a lot of a lot of shit happening in your life and then you're also trying to train um, even like somewhat hard and hard is like relative to each one of us, you're not going to recover from that training session as quickly as you would if you weren't as stressed. So Um, Myself personally, when I'm super stressed, I like to move my body and um, like work out. I find that to be uh, like a form of like stress relief. But then I also have to keep in mind that like while on one hand it's kind of helping, on the other hand, like my body is not going to be able to recover as quickly. And so I need to be really just aware of my training load so that I don't end up overloading my body and becoming injured because I'm trying to push myself too much, like both mentally stressed and physically stressed. So that is my chat on stress today. So if you have any questions on any part of it, let me know. I have a PDF that I've made that goes over basically everything that we talked about. Um, There's like a little bit more detail in the PDF, but I can send that to you if that's something that you're you're interested in reading, just um, message me your email on Instagram and I will send it over. Um, Follow me on Instagram. It's a good time for the most part. Um, I love Instagram. I love the internet. It's a a place to be for sure. But my Instagram is at dr.emilyrausch and Rausch is spelled 
R-A-U-S-C-H. And I will see you in the next one. Have a less stressful chunk of life, please. And thank you and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.